Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Drunk Fans. Gabby, what are you drinking? I am drinking Jack Daniels Original Recipe Tennessee Honey with some Coca-Cola. What are what are you enjoying this fine evening? Canadian vodka. <laughs> I'm very I'm very American with my beverages and you're very Canadian. Look at I'm even I'm even drinking it out, out of a Cheers Boston mug. Wow. I that I I'm just amused that they called it Canadian vodka. They didn't come up with a name like Kettle One or Grey Goose or Belvedere. They were like it's it's Canadian vodka. We'll just call it Canadian vodka. We'll slap a maple leaf on it and we'll sell it. I I feel like they couldn't have taken any of those other names though, because all of those other names are taken. That wasn't the point. That wasn't oh, the point. Oh, my bad. Okay, so what are we talking about, homie? We can talk about a quick roundup of preseason stuff. Uh, a lot of teams have. I mean, there's not a super a lot to talk about. Uh. Chicago Red Stars, FCKC has scrimmaged. Did they tie? Uh, yeah, they were they were a draw. Those two. Yeah, and I know Western New York Flash played some college teams. Boston Breakers played Northeastern recently. It was the coldest day of my life. It it was awful. They beat Northeastern like five nothing, but it was the worst. And. Uh, but you got Thorns to hear having... you got to hear Heather O'Reilly. I got to hear and see Heather O'Reilly. Let me tell you something: the most intense person in your life does not match Heather O'Reilly being mad at herself for not scoring a goal. Are you serious? Yeah. No. I'm being serious. No. I'm being serious. Heather O'Reilly, in like the three seconds after she doesn't score, that is the most intensity you'll witness in a human being in your life. My mom's pretty intense when she gets mad at me. It's like the intensity of a prosecutor at the Nuremberg trials. See, I actually know what you mean. That's weird. I was going to make a joke about how I didn't know what you mean because you're a lawyer, so you're smarter than me, but I actually know what you mean. So I have, I, a, li I have a little bit of smart in me, or you're just saying things that relate well a, to me. A, you should know what the Nuremberg trials are, or our public school system failed you. B, I'm not a lawyer yet. I need to clarify, I'm not a lawyer, and I haven't passed the bar, so I cannot give anyone legal advice. I don't want your legal advice. I feel like you would no, just you... set me up for failure. Uh, the thorns are in beautiful, warm Arizona. Tucson! Tucson, Arizona, with all of its bigotry and everything like that. Who else? Who else? Uh, DC has played, uh, North Carolina. They didn't use their ridiculous college substitution rules. No, they didn't. They, they played by NWSL rules, which was kind of nice. Uh, it was kind of nice. It, it was the whole point of playing in the preseason, you know? Western New York played, what, West Virginia or something like that? Carly Carlos. Lloyd. Carly Lloyd scored a goal. Carly, uh, Carlos Xavi Alonso de Loidinho scored in the first half. Um, See, I pay, I pay attention to women's soccer. I don't need no Google. Yeah. And then, um, who scored the other goal? Uh, not Kerr. Oh, Carly Lloyd scored both goals. She got a brace. Wait, she she scores braces in Olympic, fi in Olympic finals and in preseason games? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Both sides of the coin, preseason and Olympic. 
Olympic Games. She is but she is the greatest player who ever lived. Carlos de Lodinho is the pinnacle of athletic achievement. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say that with a straight face. No, I couldn't. Oh man. I look, I like making fun of Carlos, but it's an I'm I'm very fond of her in an exasperated sort of way. I'm I'm I am not a Carly hater. Um, I, I like Carly Lloyd. I like what she contributes. I I don't like the the negative attitude toward her. Um, but I also don't like that she retweets any piece of positive news sent her way. That annoys I, the crap out of me. Yeah, I'm not a Carly hater. And I, I always welcome good performances, no matter who the player is. But... <laughs> I I do enjoy having a chuckle at, at Carlos. She yeah. she has some good moments. Yeah. Like when she's being creepily possessive over Sam Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh the Houston Dash lost to the Dynamo Academy team. I think NWSL preseason is clicking along. It's like it feels like the season is finally arriving, you know, after such a long wait. It's finally here. We have, like, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, home openers, April. Record As of record time, it is March 27th. So, yeah. It's it's, April 12th. April 12th. It's it's in in Houston. I will be there. People start making those banners. I have. Are you going to do Fantasy League this year? Yeah, I'm doing Fantasy League. What are you going to name your team? I don't know if I can. I, I... I don't know if I can root for other teams this year. It was hard enough last year. Uh, you need to track the NWSL FL names I didn't use tag on Twitter because... You guys were ridiculous. I had to stop looking. The top one right now is Mission Kim Possible. Okay, that's so... From a, that's from a Seattle Rain fan, though. So my, my issue with NWSL FL is I don't know... If I can pay attention to other teams, I, I I was only into it probably half the season last year. And not because I, I started sucking really, really bad, but because there are so many fucking games on over the weekend and they're all on the same time that I don't know who to cheer for. Like, I'm I'm a simple person. I need mm-hmm. simple things. And NWSL yeah, I- is kind of difficult. People your age tend to be simpler than people in our generation because you were born in 1943. <sighs> So, what uh, what's your what's your team name this year? I don't know. Last year I was like, I think I was throw your arms out, which is a reference to one of my favorite your your dog, little... your cat, your cat. No, one of my favorite little Canadian golden retrievers. Your cat, Kobe Schmidt. Yeah, my cat Schmidt. Uh, oh, this is good. smells like Team Spirit. I felt I I I had a good name last year. I can't remember what it was though. Um, the greatest show on turf, Game of Thorns. What did the Foxhoven say? What did the Foxhoven say? Mor- okay. Morgan Morgan scores easy. I like that one a lot. So uh so where do people go if they want to sign up for Fantasy League for NWSL? I'm pretty sure it's just NWSLFL.com. Com. All right. So if you want to sign up for Fantasy League, um they give out cool prizes every week if you are a top dog. But if you're like me and you vote with your heart, you're never a top dog. Voting with your heart, it feels good, but it tends not to yield good results. Right. You you don't get rich voting with your heart. 
Gab, if you were to vote with your heart for your favorite player in the NWSL, who would you vote for? With my heart? Yeah, with your heart. I really want to say Megan Rapino, but, but I but I can't. But you can't because because she's a Purple Rain player. Yeah, so you want to say what instead? So I'm going to say Christine Sinclair. God damn it, anyhow. <laughs> I'm going with Christine Sinclair, and I don't care who knows that I love Christine Sinclair. Of course Sinclair. you don't care who knows. Who hey, would care hey, that they hey, know do you want to see something? For the record, Gabby is showing me a boot worn by Christine Sinclair. In the semifinal against Kansas City FC. And Christine Sinclair is the kind of player who literally gives the shoes off her feet to her fans. Because it was melting to her foot. It was so goddamn hot that day. It was hot. But also because Christine Sinclair is a kind, generous soul who truly believes in her fans. Which is why she so. might she's my favorite player in the NWSL right now. Who plays for my, my team? She's my favorite player of all time, so shh. Right, I know, but like, okay, so that's a really hard question to answer because we're two weeks away from the NWSL starting. And I'm I'm getting into my Homer spirit, right? I'm like uh-huh. Thorns, 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 Thorns. Yeah. And so, if you ask me who's my favorite player in the NWSL, it has to be a Thorn. And uh-huh. and my favorite Thorn is going to be Christine Sinclair, followed very, very, very closely by a Miss Shim. Oh, Mona Shim. By the who, way, who who guys... did not fall in love with Mona Shim today, Thursday, March twenty seventh? 27th. 27th. Um, if you missed it, Jamie Goldberg wrote a great article about Mana Shim for Oregon Live. We'll, we'll post a link. Yeah, we'll post a link. And it's about Mana Shim and how she stupidly didn't get protected by the thorns before the draft. But we got her back. But you got her back during the college draft after some but, shenanigans. But we got her back. But you got her back. And it's just a really good piece. So... Good job, Jamie Goldberg. So there are two things I really loved about Jamie's profile. Number one, uh, she was really open about Ma's relationship, which was awesome. Jamie was just like, look, she is she lived with Lee then, she lives with Lee now. Like, that's not the story. The story is not that. The story is the fucking struggle she's had to be a professional soccer player. Um, and that was freaking awesome of Jamie to do. And second, like, it goes back to what we were saying last week uh, with uh, Ange and talking about um, the ODP program and and finding players, you know, not in those main states that uh, receive a lot of soccer dollars. You know, Hawaii is one of those states that sees a lot of uh, U.S. soccer financial support. And yeah, and that, think, that was one of those things Jamie pointed out today. I think the most prominent player to come out of Hawaii before now was Bada Boom Motherfucker Tasha Kai. Starbucks Motherfucker! Anyway, please continue, Gab. Jamie is such a good reporter, and what I love about Jamie is she does awesome coverage for soccer fans. She was with uh, Oregon Live at the very end of the Thorn season, um, so we didn't get to experience a full year of Jamie's coverage for the Thorns. But she does like live tweets of practices, which some people are into, some people not so much. 
Um, but then she do- goes and does these amazing profile pieces of players like she did with Ma Shim and like went to her home and like found out these personal stories and just she's just, she's super I invested. Watch. I just really hope that as time goes on, all the teams are able to get tied into local media. The Breakers are kind of sort of getting there. New England Soccer Journal does a good job of covering the Breakers, I feel like. But I, I would love to see more Breakers news in the Globe, for instance. So, you know, there's there's media coverage for, for NW Sun. I feel like it's getting stronger this year. You know, teams are, are taking preseason uh, a little bit more seriously than I think they did last year. They're they're realizing the, uh, the advantages of having national team players in camp right now. Uh, and, and, you know, with, unfortunately with these, this FIFA window and all of these, these, uh, international games, it's going to be hard to, to keep the teams together and they're just going to show up and try to do the best they can. I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, from a national team standpoint, we're getting closer to October. We're getting closer to World Cup qualifying, and that has to stay in perspective. Like national U.S. women's national team players are going to miss four to five games this season, um, just because of their national well, team duties, and we have to be prepared for that. And we had a couple of articles this week discussing NWSL salaries. The cap on non-allocated players is two hundred thousand dollars total. Still, uh, it's two hundred thousand dollars for the second year in a row. Yeah, I and 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 we and, and we have, but we have fewer unallocated players. When you say second year in the row, well, that that is a good or, point. No, we have fewer but... allocated players. Like Mexico's not really doing the allocated thing this year. Canada's like not doing all of the allocated players, and we've taken away the freaking no. trade restrictions. Canada's allocation didn't change. Okay, but Only we've Mexico's but did. we've taken away the trade restrictions. Like you don't have trade Canada for Canada anymore. When you say it's second year in a row, but it's I say it's still only the second year. This salary cap is vital. This salary cap is necessary. It's a necessary evil right now for a league that's still struggling for publicity and numbers. Yeah, you've got the thorns on one of the spectrum with twelve, thirteen thousand a game. And on the other hand, you have teams with like two or three thousand a game, maybe less than that. So, yes, I think two hundred thousand is a necessary evil. Although it does mean, if you have, say, you have a twenty-player roster, you've got, and you have like fifteen non-allocated players. It was three Americans, two Canadians, and one Mexican. Right? No, zero. You, you have to account for zero Mexicans because there are like five Mexicans right now, and we've got nine teams. Yeah. Um, so you have a totally player roster. Um, assume you have 15 non-allocated players. $200,000 divided by 15 is not a lot of money per person, especially when you consider it's not getting divided equally between those 15 players. If it were getting divided equally, it would be 13300 per person. But as we all know, some players who are non-allocated are probably getting more. Like, for instance, like if I'm an Ella Masser, I think I'm probably going to get more than an, a non-allocated rookie. Because we've all heard rookies are getting like six, $7,000 for the season to live on. 
Well, if for, you want for, for the season, but it's six months. Yeah, six months. I mean, it's not. It's so, not. Uh, you're making six grand a year. You're making six grand for six months. Yeah, but that's still like. If you extrapolate, that's still $12,000 for a year. And the poverty line for a single-person household is like eleven grand plus. Right. So you're asking players to basically live at the poverty line. If you want players, everybody, to get the 50 non-allocated players to get about 20000 for the season to live on for the year, which in some places is doable, that's a $300,000 salary cap. For non-allocated players. Which is a 50% increase to the current salary cap. Yeah, and I don't know how many teams, like their ownership groups, are are A, willing, and B, able to do that. I mean, an extra $100,000 doesn't just fall out of the sky. I can't just, you know, fart in a jam jar and give it to the Breakers ownership group and be like, distribute this to the players. It's an extra $100,000. Wait. Weren't you doing that for no. some other thing? Farting in a jam jar? Yeah, weren't you farting in a jar? Oh, oh, for the balloon to or. For the blonde or. Wasn't that a fart, fart in a can or something like that? Don't bring out the blonde or. The Ah, so, fine. So I think the salary cap, it's a fight between having to keep it low enough that ownership groups aren't scared out of deinvesting and then us having like a St. Louis Athletica situation where the owners were like, whoops, gotta go, and then the you know, the club has to fold. And the other side being making it too low for the players to survive on. So this week, Allison McCann wrote an article about how NWSL salaries uh, kind of limit the amount of experience that we can expect in the NWSL. And it's really a good article because it's all data-driven. It's it's just looking at the, uh, the number of years uh, – out of college um, players are and the number of years that they've actually spent on the national team because ultimately like any player who's playing out of college is striving to get on the national team at least in the USA um, so it was a really great article and what, what was fascinating about Allison is is she also wrote uh, the article about uh, the Swedish leagues and, and Americans playing in Europe um, that came, at, came out in uh, Howler magazine uh, last month, so it was it was a really interesting read. It was a really interesting take, but ultimately it comes down to how much can women soccer players, or or uh, I'm sorry, it, it actually comes down to how long can women soccer players wait to make it on that national team level, um, where they're ultimately getting the bigger paycheck, and and kind of what's that that bubble, what's that cusp. Um, Right, right now, because on the national team, they're part of the collective bargaining agreement that the players go through. Absolutely, like the only CBA and uh, the only collective bargaining agreement in women's soccer in the United States right now is on the national team level. Uh, the players in the NWSL certainly don't have a CBA. No, no, they don't. the The league is too young to have any kind of unionizing effort or CBA. Everybody's ultimately in it right now to to you know they're they're drinking the Kool Aid. They're saying we want women's soccer to be <laughs> to be a long term success in the United States. So I right now am willing to take a pay cut to ensure that it will eventually be a success. But when you when you really sit back and you look at it, you know how long 
do we have to wait for that two hundred thousand dollar salary cap to increase to three hundred thousand dollars? And you you did the math earlier, and three hundred thousand dollars equates to what fifteen or twenty k twenty k person. Yeah, twenty thousand dollars per person per year, um, which is a more reasonable sa- salary for six months. Um, but at that point, when it increases th- to to three hundred thousand dollars, are we not talking about six months anymore? Are we talking about eight months? Um, at what point do the players sit back and say, "Look, you guys are making money. Like we're selling tickets. We're doing our job. We're bringing fans to the stadium. We well, want better." That is the question, though, because I know you tweeted, and Elise LeHue, the GM for the Red Stars, was like, increased attendance brings in increased sponsors, which will increase investment in the league, which will increase our salary cap. So it's all kind of tied into each other. That salary cap will go up when the the league increases in popularity, and the league will increase in popularity. I think it's going to take time. It's going to take time. Like any, any grassroots marketing effort, it's going to take time for the league to get tied into the local community and build awareness such that average attendance goes up enough for local sponsors to be willing to tie their time and money into their local team. Yeah, it just it just kind of sucks uh, how grassroots we are league-wide. Because um, it's one of those things where like each team should have their own individual benchmark, and it kind of sounds like as a league... We're only going to take that step forward to pay players more when everybody is ready to do it, which which is fine. Like, we all don't want another magic magic dance situation. You think that each individual team should be able to apply to the league to like petition to raise their salary cap if they can prove that their ownership is financially able to do it, or do you think that would create a really unfair situation in the league? I I for think teams with richer owners. I, I think that would create a really unfair situation in the league. Like, speaking as a Portland fan, um, I know that we can sell ten to 12,000 seats per game at Providence Park. Um, I don't want to say that we should get an advance or we should get, like, additional money that we should be able to pay our, pay, pay our players because then we could start courting more of the high-paying internationals or higher-demanding higher uh, internationals to, to come to Portland. And suddenly we're creating like a Magic Jack-like situation. Um, I think a salary cap is great. Uh, but I, I want it to be a situation where Portland, you know, what if we raise our attendance averages to 16 or 17,000 people per game this year? Well, that why, like a situation why can't where... we why can't we increase our salary cap in these early years you would be an advocate for revenue sharing I, I I would be if it meant the league would stay around longer yeah me too I mean so let's use WPS as an example if revenue sharing was a thing when WPS was around do you think magic Dan would have put magic Jack in a small stadium in the middle of fuck nowhere Florida that had like a 2,000 fan capacity. Well, actually, yes, because if Magic Dan knew that he would be forced to share anything over a certain amount with a league, he would. True. So I think the real question with NWSL is how high can we push a salary cap for the league to survive and be competitive? 
without folding under costs. I think. Can we push it to say two hundred fifty thousand instead of three thousand, three hundred thousand? I guess that's a per team question. It's a team by team question. Well, it it sort of is, and at the same time, it's also a. I mean, next year we've already talked about this, but next year is a World Cup year, and so yeah. we're going to be relying more on non-national team players. At what point do we have to say, you know, you guys deserve X amount of money? You should form a collective bargaining unit to try to get that money. At what point does it become more productive to retain players who aren't necessarily allocated players, but who are vital to a team? So, you know, for the Boston Breakers, that would be like Ket Whitehell, maybe Joanna Lohman, Alyssa Nayer. Every team has those players. They're not allocated national players, but they're vital to your team. And, and at what point does it become productive to raise the salary cap to keep those players on board rather than having a lot of player turnover because we have to keep the salary cap low? In the second year, maybe it makes more sense to keep that salary cap low. Hopefully, we'll make it to our fourth, fifth, sixth year, and by that time, I would certainly hope we're at the point where we can at least raise the cap to $300,000. That would be so nice. If we could raise the cap to a point where we're not like, how are they even going to pay for groceries? Like, I, I yeah. don't I don't want to be concerned about a player and how they're going to fucking buy their, like, lunch tomorrow. I want to be concerned about a player and how her treatment is going to go so that she can be game ready come Sunday. For me, I, I accept that Salary cap is a necessary evil, but that doesn't stop me from fretting over non-allocated players like my favorite, Maddie Evans. Maddie Evans, for me, is like the Matt Saracen of the Boston Breakers. I just fret over her constantly, and yeah. What what else did we say we were going to talk about? Our, our fan question. Our fan question. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, we had a fan question, and I'm really sorry we didn't get to it last time. We were busy being really serious with Ange or soccer. really really drunk with me just in general about you stuff really I was so, so drunk take the money run asked great job on the latest two drunk fans thank you we appreciate your feedback how do you feel about Becky Sauerbrunn playing defensive mid Gab oh geez uh <clears throat> defensive mid huh um, she would be more of an attacker. She would be more of a, like an attacking uh threat. Um, Becky Sabrin as a defensive mid. I would love. I I I would pay good money to see it. I doubt Kansas City will show it to me. Um, because Kansas City kind of needs Becky Sabrin to play uh a center back like she has been. Um, but I'm not saying she couldn't do it. Becky Sabrin is probably in my top. Five national team players. Um, I have all the faith in her, but I don't think that anybody would put her in that position. I'm passing I it agree. on to you, Therese. I think Becky Sauerbrunn at defensive mid would be real interesting to watch because it plays to her instincts in attacking. Because we all know Sometimes Reba does this thing where she just attacks up the middle and goes it's, nuts. It's crazy. It's like, what? It's where are you coming crazy. from? But it's, no, it's, but it kind of is. It kind of is. No, it's the new trend in center backs now. Center backs need to be able to like just 
kind of plow up the middle and attack now every once in a while. But yeah, I think playing Reba at defensive mid might be an interesting experiment, but only if FC Casey or the national team could find a suitable replacement at center back for her. And I'm not super certain that they can. Unless they Holiday. They have this new player called Holiday. She might be a good center back. Who? No. Holiday. No. Holiday. There, why would you ever neuter yourself by putting Lauren Holiday at center back? Why would you? Why would you good? put Becky Sarbrun at ho- a center back? I wouldn't. This is a hypothetical that someone is asking us. Hey, if we I'm were coaches, if we if we were coaches, I would not. I would not put Becky Sarbrun in that position. Well, neither would I. I guess the discussion is over. Boom! Discussion ended. That was our only fan. No. We we just boom ended a fan question. Yeah, that feels really harsh, dude. I feel like we should be more gentle. Interesting, but in in reality, not gonna happen or like not a practical solution. So let's talk about favorite players other than the ones we just talked about. So no Christine Sinclair. Should we should we make a no homer rule? A no homer rule. Okay. What's your favorite player who was not on your favorite team? God damn, this is this is this one hurts me. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Lauren Holiday, who plays for FC Casey, who might be the arch nemesis of my Portland Thorns. Um, she is so just goddamn good. She's so good. I hope Paul Riley can beat her this year. But damn, Lauren Holiday, so good. Yours? Um, my favorite player who's on the Breakers and who is not Christine Sinclair is uh, Kim Little, even if she is on the Seattle Reign. I, I am a Boo. Arsenal ladies fan. And I, I am a Scotland national team fan. And Kim Little, as Laura Harvey has described her, is dramatically both-footed. She's a great player. She's really savvy. She's got great technique. She can score either foot at distance. She can attack really well. I think she's. I think NWSL fans are in for a treat watching Kim Little play this season. And um, it doesn't relate to her playing skills, but I find her adorably shy. <laughs> so that also adds to the appeal of her for me. Okay, we we've also got some some more viewer questions. Uh, so Fitz Campbell on Twitter asked, how did you come to be a Canada national team fan? And this is obviously a question for me, it's not for you. Uh, I I always followed Christine Sinclair's career, kind of starting in 2003, the Women's World Cup. I got to see Canada play because they were at Foxborough, but I really kind of fell into the Canadian national team in 2011 after the Women's World Cup. You know, you can't really explain why you fall in love, dude. You, you just can't. Can you can you ask someone why they fell in love with their husband or wife? Yes, yes, you can. Well, it's like a million different things that add up to create the totality of the person that you love. And for me, it's the same thing. It's it's all these things that add up to create the Canadian national team that make me really love them. They're why are you laughing? Stop laughing at me. I'm trying to be sincere be here. Be sincere. Be sincere. You're awful. You're, I'm, trying, I'm being sincere in my Do love. Do it. For be sincere. Be sincere. I'm there's laughing no, over here in the corner. There's no faster I'm way. There's no faster way to discourage somebody. Just go. Just do. Start over. 
Start over. Be start over. Be sincere and just do this shit. I want people to know what an asshole you are. No, I'm not gonna go again because you're gonna include all that. Sybil Munoz asks, "Who's it appropriate to yell at during games?" Sybil Sybil Munoz. Sybil. Sybil. I know. I know this. I know that was kind of a farcical question because you and I know each other and you know exactly who I like to yell at during games. But who is it appropriate to yell at during games? People who are underperforming, whether that's your team player, the opposite team player, or the ref. I'm not going to say that I've impugned a ref's parentage or anything, but I have definitely let a ref know when they're underperforming on a job and when they should feel bad about themselves for being a failure at life. Okay. I yell at the other team all the time. I know you do. 100% of the time, it's the other team's fault. Um, if you yell at the ref, it's only an excuse for your team's bad behavior. False. False. <clears throat> if the ref the ref makes an, a bad offsides call, which I expect many refs to make bad offsides calls this year because it's NWSL, and our refs are... They're not the shit. They are just shit. Uh, our refs are um, pro referees, and they are professional referees. And so, if they make a bad call, it is a bad. It, it is the call. And so, uh, I blame the other team. Yes, if I blame the other team, call, that is the call. I blame the other team. That doesn't mean it's it's right. Uh, nobody can challenge a ref. So yes, it is right. I can challenge a ref. I can challenge a ref. Or- I can challenge your ref's um, self-worth. I have often yelled at refs that they should feel bad about themselves. Yeah, because you're a horrible person. No, because I'm yeah. a passionate fan. No, you don't who... realize that refs are I, human beings. I, Referees no, are speak, human beings. I speak truth to power. I speak truth to power. You should not have power. Okay. So we have two questions from Jonana Widner. Of all oh, people. no. God damn it. Why is she tweeting you? So Janata Winner is asking who had the best NWSL offseason and why, and who's your sleeper pick to be a title contender and why. Uh, best NWSL offseason is got to be the Seattle Reign. Please. Laura Harvey, like, made moves. Seattle had the best offseason. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Okay, and who's your sleeper pick to be a title contender and why? I think at this point, the Reign are no longer a sleeper pick. They are... Definitely in my pick to be top four this season. My sleeper pick, don't get mad, are the Boston Breakers. <laughs> Why would I get mad at that? I just giggle. I just giggle. I giggle when you well, say the it, Boston Breakers. Before before we signed Lisa Devanna, I would maybe not have picked them. But after we signed Lisa Devanna, I think there's a strong chance they could sneak into the top four. If Lisa Devanna can just stay on sides, please, <laughs> please, please. Oh God, I th- I think they could sneak in. They could they could sneak in under the wire. Okay, yeah, and and <laughs> just to round out Janana Winner's questions because she's a greedy motherfucker. Who has the best haircut in the league? Who has the best haircut in the league? Once upon a time, I might have I might have answered you, Megan Rapinoe. But I'm not so sure anymore. What about Meg's question? On a scale to one in say, infinity, how much do we like Monashem? No, I would say Karina LeBlanc. Karina LeBlanc has the best haircut in the league. Do you agree? No. No? 
How dare you? I, I disagree with that. Who do you think is the best haircut in the league? Makeup or Pino. Oh, okay. Fine. Fine. I don't... KK can't do the red streak anymore. Like, Houston Dash doesn't yes, do the red can. streak. No, they don't have a red streak. They do orange. Chicago Red Stars. KK is with the Chicago Red Stars. Oh, yeah, she is, isn't she? God damn it. You're a bad person. <laughs> She's not on my team anymore. Okay. Um, another reader question. Meg Linehan, also known as Megan Lennon. Wait, do I not get to answer Janana's questions? Oh, answer Janana's question. Who has the best haircut in the league? I and think... who's your sleeper pick to be a title contender and why? So, Janana, uh, my pick to be a sleeper candidate for the playoffs, not necessarily the title, but the playoffs, would be the Houston Dash. Um... I have a feeling that they could pull their shit together early in the season. Uh, they are waiting on a couple of players from Europe. Um, but when those players come back, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. So I say Houston Dash. As far as the best, the best haircut in the league, um, I would have to say it's a tie between uh, Megan Rapino. And uh, Alex Krieger. Make a Rapino only if it's fresh. A Alex Alex Krieger, if her brother has cut her hair recently. It's ridiculous. Like, Alex Krieger's hair is ridiculous. Um, the only person who could beat it would be Make a Rapino fresh from the hair salon. But Alex Krieger. Alex Blair Krieger, uh, 30 days of the month. Mega Rapino that one day she gets her hair cut. Uh-huh. Wow. You upped your game. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Next question from Meg Linehan, aka professional reporter Megan Lennon. Do I Although, do do I know her? No, because uh her real name is Megan Linenham. Linen Ham. I would appreciate it if everyone would call her that. Asked on a scale of one to infinity, how much do we all like Monashem? Infinity. And beyond! Yeah, on a scale of one to infinity, how great is Monashem? Monashem is... She's just so eminently likable. She's one of those ambassadors for her team that every team should have. You know? Just someone who the locals can latch onto and identify with and who really boosts the team. Kind of like Karina LeBlanc, but that's maybe a sore wound that we won't get into. I'm not saying anything. Gab just, like, shook her head and made this, like, pained face. Anyway, please continue, Gab. Well, no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna follow up with John Anna's uh, question here. So, John Anna's follow-up question is, if a tree falls in the general vicinity of the Washington Spirit and no one is there to hear it, do they still suck? Um... I take so general. I, I take general offense to that because I, if we if we were to rank our NWSL teams in order, um, okay. so so there are nine teams, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I I obviously would have to pick uh the Portland Thorns number one. Then I would go DC Spirit, uh, for some reasons, and I think that they can do really good things this year, um. 
Then I would go to Chicago Red Stars. Uh, again, for similar reasons. Then FCKC. Number four. Number five would be Houston Dash. Number six. I'm sorry, Boston, but you'd, you'd be my number six. Number seven uh, would be uh, Seattle. Seattle Rain, or Seattle Rain, the Purple Rain. Um, at least you're not my number nine, I guess. Uh, number eight would be uh, Sky Blue FC. Uh, and then, sorry, my number nine is going to be the team we beat in the finals last year. Uh, Western New York. Uh, Flash. Sorry, Abby. Uh, my sentimental rankings are obviously Boston Breakers, number one. Boston Breakers for life. Uh, number two, Portland Thorns. Um, then after that, Washington Spirit. And then Chicago Red Stars. Uh, kind of a tie between Red Stars and the the Rain. And then kind of a tie between the Houston Dash and FC Casey. And then last, Western New York Flash. Anything else fun we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about Monashim some more? Oh my god, I could swoon over the lady for days. So our next uh our next podcast will probably be once the final teams are announced, uh right before season starts, we'll be drunk off our asses in celebration of that shit. Um if you're not a part of a sports group already, fucking join one. Just do it. Like just there's one for There there's one for every fucking single team. Like we'll put the a rain. link we'll put a link on this podcast. Like the Just... Rain have the Royal Guard. Portland has the Riveters. FCKC has the Blue Crew. Chicago has Chicago Local, like, 137? Something like that. 138. Uh, Dash has the Orange Brigade. Western New York has the Flash Mob. Breakers have the Armada and the Riptide. Um, and Sky Blue has Cloud9. What? Cloud9? Okay, Sure. And uh, uh, DC Spirit have uh, yes, the Spirit Squadron. The Spirit Squadron. So earlier this week, uh, I learned that the NWSL will only grow when sponsorship grows. Sponsorship will only grow when attendance grows. Attendance will only grow when we are bringing people to games. So this evening, we've talked about uh, our favorite players... Uh, in the NWSL, our uh, dreams and hopes and aspirations for the league, um, how sports can get more involved, and uh, you know we're just generally excited for the start of the 2014 National Women's Soccer League. Um, yeah. If you're equally excited, just fucking follow along, man. Like join. NWSL Fantasy League. Join the conversation. Get involved. Buy season tickets. Buy merch. Let your team know you support them. And uh, if, and we'll 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 continue to do these uh, drunken ass podcasts throughout the if season. You're, if you're not in an NWSL city, buy tickets and donate them. So this has been two drunk fans. We'll do this again in a couple weeks. Um, but until then. Just let us know your questions or things you want us to talk about, um, and we will drunkenly hash it out cross-country 
Over in Portland, my name is Gabby. I'm in Boston. I go by Thrace Online. And uh, we are two drunk fans. Very, very drunk this evening. Good night and good luck. Really? You want to end with that? Christine Sinclair, I love you. Wow, that... In a, in a non-creepy platonic way. Whatever you want, dude. Do you want to try one more time? This has been another episode of Two Drunk Fans. Thanks for listening to us. Bye! Do you want to do a bye? No, you did byes for... Byes enough for both of us. No, you could do a bye. Do a bye. I don't want to do a bye. Just... God damn it. Just do a bye. Goodbye, my friends.